All right. Who had the Cardinals blasting Spencer Strider on their bingo card? Coming up on B-Shape Daily. What's going on, everybody? And welcome in to this edition of B-Shape Daily. Brennan Schaefer here with you in the early morning hours of Thursday, September 7th, 2023. Yeah, I don't think we saw that one coming. The Cardinals stay hot against the Atlanta Braves with their second consecutive day of 10 or more runs scored. The first time they've done that in about four years, dating back to September of 2019. But the Cardinals did it again on Wednesday, 11-6 to winners over the Braves. And to do it against one of the most lethal pitchers in Major League Baseball, Spencer Strider. Sure, he got his 250th strikeout of the season in this game against St. Louis, but the Cardinals took it to him. He falls to 16-5 and on the season, the ERA up to 3.83, as the Cardinals blitz Strider for six earned runs, and he doesn't pitch out of the third. Two and two-thirds innings, six earned runs on six hits and three walks allowed. A home run as well going against Spencer Strider as the Cardinals in a matchup on paper that you just would not have predicted. Take it to the Atlanta Braves 11-6. Dakota Hudson on the Cardinals side of things. He earns the win to improve to 6-1 and one on the season. Didn't pitch great, uh, but the offense ends up uh, allowing him to advance with a win number six on the year. He's five innings, five earned runs. Typical problems that Dakota Hudson has like when he doesn't pitch well. It's this version of him. Three walks over five innings, bunch of base hits, a home run mixed in, and not very much in the way of strikeout stuff. But man, why isn't that the Cardinals are able to have this kind of outing offensively when Adam Wainwright's pitching, right? That would have been a surefire way to get him 199, but I believe it's going to be Wayno on the bump for Thursday's game in Atlanta for the Cardinals, where they have an opportunity to sweep the Atlanta Braves in 2023. Yeah. That's not anything that we thought we would be seeing based on the way this season has gone for the Cardinals of late, but that's exactly where the Cardinals find themselves here. 11-6 to winners on Wednesday over the Braves, but most importantly, it's the young guys that continue to pace the offense that we want to focus on here. The Cardinals go on a home run barrage again in this game from Wednesday. Paul Goldschmidt going deep. Wilson Contreras with a shot to left. But the two guys I want to focus on the most... Not that it's not great to see those guys doing well. But how about Nolan Gorman again? A three-run shot, his 27th of the season. Just continuing to swing a hot bat. But Mason Wynn getting on the board with his first big league home run of his career. That's the monkey off the back, hitting one down the left field line. That is so important for Mason Wynn to just see one go in. Don't you think? It's been a trying start to the major league career offensively for Wynn who even on a night where he hits that home run, goes one for five with a couple of strikeouts. His average is 161. The OPS is 425. We've said a lot about how, you know, it doesn't matter all that much what Mason Wynn does offensively right now. We're not going to freak out. We're not going to decide that this is what he is for his entire career based on a a few weeks of kind of getting acclimated to the big league game and struggling in the process. But to see him get the home run, to kind of get his legs under him a little bit. I think that could be something really positive for Mason Wynn as he goes along. And it doesn't necessarily mean we change expectations all of a sudden, but I just think that's good to see him have that moment, have that opportunity to see one go over the wall, to know that, hey, I am that guy at this level, and I can continue 
to approach the game the way that I need to, and the numbers are going to be there at maybe not the end of this year, but the end of uh, the, the process for him to continue playing baseball at this level the way that he knows he can. I think you look next year and you're going to see a Mason win that feels comfortable, is acclimated, and it's not that he's not comfortable now. It's still just a new situation for him, though, a new environment. He's hitting down there at the bottom of the lineup. He knows that part of that is because the Cardinals want to make sure he maintains rookie eligibility for next year. They don't want to nerf up too many at-bats for him. He's got to stay below 130, I believe the number is, or cannot exceed 130 is the way it's actually phrased. So he's down there batting ninth pretty much every game. That maybe takes a toll on you mentally, but it's like it's not like Mason Wynn is a mentally anything but a mentally strong kid and strong ball player. So I don't think reading into it too much is necessarily beneficial. But it just stands to reason that at 21 years old, it's a new experience. Seeing him have an opportunity and then taking it and doing something with it there to get something positive going offensively for Mason Wynn, that was cool to see. And maybe it turns into something a little bit more for him. I still think that despite the struggles that we have seen over the beginning of his cup of coffee, it's only been not even a couple of weeks so far for Mason Wynn in St. Louis, I think that he is going to be the Cardinals' primary shortstop next season. Now, maybe we got to see a little bit more offensively. He's not going to bat 161 with a 420 OPS the entire 2024 season and continue to get the bulk of the opportunities, but I just don't anticipate that it's going to be the story of Mason Wynn to see him struggle the way that he sort of has offensively uh, coming into tonight, but getting that one out of the way, the first home run, good for Mason Wynn to uh, to contribute in the way that he did to this Cardinals victory. Mention as well the home runs by Goldschmidt and Contreras. It's nice to see that too. Contreras, really a continuation of what we have seen from him really in the last couple few months. He's got the OPS up near 800 at 793. Just an all-around good game for him. Maybe not all-around. Didn't uh, steal that base off of Sean Murphy. I thought maybe the reason Contreras was trying to steal third base there was so maybe he could at some point go back and text his brother William and say, hey, look, I... I managed to steal one off of the guy that the Braves decided was, you know, better than you. Traded traded brother William in that three-team deal with the Athletics, but William ends up going to the Milwaukee Brewers. I think that was maybe something on the radar there for Contreras uh, Wilson trying to get one off of Murphy. But Murphy is a gold glover for a reason, and so he gunned him down. But other than that, Wilson Contreras with the home run tonight, going two for four with three RBIs, just an all-around solid game by Wilson. Also reached base via walk. Those season numbers, we've said it, once we've said it a million times, are, are going to be there. The season numbers are there for Contreras with the 254 average, but the, the 793 OPS, that's right in line with where you expect him to be. And uh, it's basically been exactly what he's billed as in terms of the season he's had so far for the Cardinals. We'll see what it ends up being in terms of his role for next year. I know that people in the YouTube comment section continue to say, well, I mean, he should be the catcher. The Cardinals should have known that, that what they had and, and what they were getting in him when they signed him and brought him on. And he's been exactly what the the doctor ordered. He's been exactly what he's always been. He's Wilson Contreras. But I do think there's an element to it. And there was another YouTube comment from yesterday. Uh, I would give credit if I could remember who said it. But it was a, a savvy comment. The person said, look, it's not really about Wilson Contreras and uh, anything negative from him and his performance this year. He's been who we thought he would be. But it's just if you look at what you had in Andrew Kisner, who's really come on strong, and Yvonne Herrera as well, if the Cardinals had kind of taken stock a little bit more of that situation and been able to foresee the talent that still existed in that room. They may not have been so gung-ho to spend $87.5 million on the catcher position, whereas they had these major needs in the rotation and, and with that pitching staff, 
and now they're going to have to try and circle back and spend money on that. It's kind of a, a catch-22 for me because, yes, Contreras is contributing offensively to the Cardinals, and he does do so at a role defensively at catcher that can be a difficult one to find robust offensive contributions. But at the same time, is he going to be the standard of what the Cardinals wanted to be defensively as he continues to age into his 30s? Well, that's the question that we had coming into the season. The question that we had when the Cardinals signed him, it's going to continue to be something that I think it's talked about, especially when you realize, wow, man, if they had Andrew Kisner with the OPS that he's put together this season, it's just done such a nice job offensively for the Cardinals. If they had him as, as a guy that the pitchers certainly do trust as well behind the plate, 28 years old, so continuing to kind of get into his prime, the OPS is 734, like he's been perfectly serviceable this season offensively for the Cardinals, has 10 home runs as well, by far a career high for Kisner. If the Cardinals had kind of seen that coming and and, and maybe they wrote off Ivan Herrera too soon and that was part of it as well. They saw a cup of coffee from him last year and they did not like what they saw perhaps, which led them to say, we don't really have the in-house options that we need to replace Yadier Molina. We're going to go out and sign Contreras. It's just very interesting to see the way that that has played out and the narratives that have formed around that signing and around uh, his role on the team. It's something that I do believe will continue to get talked about, but Contreras, to his credit, has been a consummate teammate from everything we could tell and has been exactly what you thought the Cardinals would be getting in terms of his offensive contributions, sitting right there at uh, 793 for the OPS. Arenado with a two-for-five day, scoring a couple of runs and trying to get that OPS crept closer to the 800 mark for him. And we mentioned Nolan Gorman had the late home run to kind of really seal the deal for the Cardinals. One for one for four day, but he scores a couple of runs, uh, respace via walk as well, and the three RBIs for Gorman getting that OPS back up to 802. I think this Cardinals lineup, when you look next year, has a chance to be really special. We'll continue to talk about it and maybe the ways that they need to sort of uh, fill in the gaps that may exist in this lineup. But when you look top to bottom and you can have Newpark, Goldschmidt, Gorman, we're going to say Arenado, count him among the guys that can have an 800 OPS or better. He's at 798 right now. I'm going to count Contreras as well among that group. He's at 793. It's five guys that, that conceivably could have that 800 or better OPS. And then Jordan Walker, of course, is another one. Uh, we talked about yesterday. The Cardinals had six guys at the top of the order on Tuesday that that fit that billing. Jordan Walker uh, did strike out four times today, but goes one for five, has the 8.07 OPS. That's six guys. And if we think Mason Wynn takes a little bit of a step forward, maybe he's not an 800 OPS guy, but seven, 725, 730, 740, I think that could be enough. That's kind of uh, Tommy Edmond territory where he could be in that same range. Don't forget, too, about Brendan Donovan, who's at 787 before his injury took him out for the rest of this season. So you kind of look top to bottom, and you could see a lot of makings of really solid up-and-down performance from that Cardinal lineup. I do think you're going to need maybe a little bit more in the way of high-end. Like, when you look at the Braves, they've got two MVP candidates right now in Ronald Cunha. I guess you could say three if you can count Austin Riley with his numbers as well. But Matt Olson would have been the other guy that I would have come up with. They just have some really high-end talent offensively. The Cardinals have potentially a one through nine where you could see seven or maybe even eight of those guys be truly above-average contributors offensively. They just don't necessarily have, unless somebody takes a step forward, like a Goldsmith getting back to his norms, like an Arnaud getting back to his norms, or guys like Jordan Walker and Nolan Gorman truly rising above and getting to where, yep, they're going to push for a 900 OPS and they're going to be talked about among the top 10 NL hitters on a given season. That's kind of where the Cardinals might be lacking a little bit. But you talk one through nine, 
there is the possibility that the Cardinals could just be absolutely loaded. I want to come up with a name, though, that I think I haven't talked about it yet, and I want to gauge the interest of Cardinals fans. And I'll probably do a full video based on this, but this is just my little way of saying, okay, how many of y'all are actually listening uh, deep into the video like this on a on a Wednesday night, Thursday morning as you guys listen to this one to kind of to kind of gauge what I'm talking about here? I want to throw out the name Cody Bellinger and see what Cardinals fans think about that. Again, I'm not going to mention this in the video title, and so if you're if you're listening to the video, put it in the YouTube comment section. What do you think about Cody Bellinger? That might be a video topic for the offseason if the Cubs don't hurry up and re-sign this guy to a multi-year contract, which I honestly think Chicago should do. I'm actually going to be at Wrigley Field on Friday, uh, going to Chicago for the weekend with my wife, so expect maybe a lighter schedule when it comes to B-Shape Daily and Cardinals content here on YouTube. You still want to subscribe, though, because we're going to have tons of stuff coming the rest of the season, but then even more so after the season as the Cardinals look to uh, readjust that roster for 2024. So hit that subscribe button, hit like on this video, but let me know if you're listening now. Cody Bellinger, what would you think of that if the Cardinals would sign him to a multi-year contract? I was stumping for it this past offseason, or at least stumping for the one-year deal that we sort of expected him to sign with somebody because as a former MVP, he needed to rebuild some value have that little pillow contract with somebody. I think the Cubs paid him like $15, $16, 18000000 million, whatever it was. But I said, man, on, on a one-year outlay, there's just no reason not to do a deal like that. And now next thing you know, the Cubs very well could win the NL Central. If I had to to, to, to say right now between the Cubs and the Brewers, I'm kind of discounting the Reds. Uh, they, they've fallen off and they just don't have the horses. I'm kind of thinking the Cubs could overtake Milwaukee. It's only a couple of games, uh, two, three, four games different between those two teams at this point in time. And one of the big reasons for the success of the Cubs this year, well, has been their pitching. Guys like Justin Steele emerging to uh, to do what he's done has definitely been the difference for Chicago, whereas I just didn't think coming into the year they were going to have the rotation that was going to be able to hang. Uh, guys like Justin Steele taking a step forward, part of what's making it work for the Cubbies. But how about Cody Bellinger? 9-10 OPS. He's got 84 RBIs, 19 stolen bases, 23 home runs, hitting for a 319 batting average which is something that really we just haven't seen from Cody Bellinger throughout his entire career, other than the MVP season when he hit 305. This is like the best version of Cody Bellinger that we've seen. little less power. He's not hitting 47 bombs like he did for the Dodgers that year, but he got 23 home runs in 459 plate appearances. Very well could end up uh, pushing for 30 and 100 with a 900 OPS. His OPS plus is at 140. And he's a former gold glover defensively. Play some center field. I, I think he would be an absolutely smash of a fit when it comes to the Cardinals and what they'll be looking for. Left-handed bat who can hit right-handed pitching and play good, solid outfield, preferably center field if you can, because then you could move Newt to left. I think that would be fantastic. Let me know what you think, Cardinals fans. 4.2 wins above replacement this year, according to baseball reference. Cody Bellinger has earned himself a contract. My prediction is he stays with the Cubs. The Cubs recognizing that they're kind of knocking on the door a little bit of being back into contending land, which they could very well do it this year. They could make the playoffs. They could win the division. That's still within reach for them. I think there's no way they let Cody Bellinger walk after deciding not to trade him at the deadline. They kept him through August 1st. I think they'll keep him for even longer. But if the if it gets to the point where he he goes to free agency again and and the Cubs are just one of several teams vying for him, if I'm the Cardinals, that's, that's maybe the way to solve your outfield situation. Uh, I, I guess I could see the risk with it. And also... Yeah, it's Cody Bellinger, the type of guy that would want to come to St. Louis. That's always part of the discussion when we get to free agency and, and the Cardinals are trying to sign guys or may, maybe are going to have interest in guys. It's got to be guys that, yeah, they got to want to come here and 
always the price is right. And so if you want to pay enough to get him, I, I bet you could convince a lot of guys to play in a lot of different places if the money is there. But I wonder about Cody Bellinger. I just think from a skill set perspective, he checks a lot of boxes for what the Cardinals could need next year. Now, granted, you're still in the situation, and I think the reason the Cardinals didn't sign him last year was because you just had a crowded outfield and you had to sort of uh, sift your way through what the options were going to be. Now you're at a point where Tyler O'Neill playing regularly, doing a nice job, but the injuries still continue to kind of be an, an issue on the back burner for him, scratched from the lineup a number of times. Will the Cardinals want to commit to him for a daily role next year, or will they maybe want to go in a different direction, perhaps trade him with one year left of team control? Uh, that situation, I think, is still up for discussion. Um, the situation for Dylan Carlson, I still think, is very much up in the air. I don't know if we're seeing him the rest of the year. It seems like no would be the answer to that. I haven't seen. I thought we would have gotten an update on whether they were going to go surgical on the ankle or not, and I I guess maybe it's out there, but I haven't seen it. So I'm just thinking out loud, though, when it comes to Dylan Carlson. He's kind of in that Tyler O'Neill boat at this point, I think, from the team's perspective, when it comes to, you know, is he, will he or won't he, is he going to reach the potential, or is it just going to be one of those deals where various injuries kind of keeps him from uh, realizing the potential that he that he wants held, and maybe you move on uh, via trade in that regard as well. I don't know if either of those moves are guaranteed, but if you were the Cardinals and you said, look, we just want to know for sure. We don't want to have to think about it on a day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week, month-to-month basis with these players. We're going to trade these guys, or we're going to do what has to be done over here. We're going to make a, a legitimate splash and sign a guy that just fits, again, left-handed power, can play center field effectively, I don't know. To me, Cody Bellinger, I know we've talked a lot about it. We'll talk about it more as we get into the offseason. And like I said, I think there will be that exclusive negotiating window after the uh, World Series with the Cubs. They just signed Cody Bellinger. That's probably the way it ends. But if the Cardinals wanted to get a little bit creative, that could be a, a definite way to do so. Because everywhere else, man, this lineup is starting to show you why it can be something special in 2024. Another year of Nolan Gorman developing. Another year of Jordan Walker developing. Of Mason Wynn, who, again, tonight was the first real glimpse of of the offensive upside that uh, we know Mason Wynn has. The first glimpse that we've seen of him at the big league level, though, came tonight with the home run. But those guys will be another year more experienced. They'll have Brandon Donovan back as a really key table setter. I just look at this lineup and go, yeah, I mean, to see what they were able to do to Spencer Strider tonight, that's pretty impressive. Cardinals go for 14 hits, five walks in the game. Uh, Still kind of striking out a ton, but that's modern Major League Baseball for you. But how about this Cardinals lineup? Does it give you anything? Does it make you feel anything inside Cardinals fans that they're doing what they're doing right now to the Atlanta Braves? Or do you just need to see Adam Wainwright be one to do it on Thursday and the offense just continue to have this strong performance one more day so that Wainwright can end up with uh, a a win that he so desperately needs as the path to 200 is potentially going to, he's going to come up short if something doesn't give here relatively soon. But let me know what you think of the YouTube comment section not only about the notion of uh, Wainwright's 200, about Cody Bellinger conceivably as an option for the Cardinals this offseason, the crowded outfield that continues to exist. Alec Burleson got in there and had a nice game tonight. He's still going to be around. We like what we've seen from Richie Palacios, but I I think he's kind of going to top out as a fourth outfielder, fifth outfielder type if he's going to make the roster next year. But the skill set is certainly intriguing. Just a lot of things the Cardinals have to think about. Tommy Edmond has played a very good defensive center field but what do they think about him offensively? He was on base a couple of times tonight. Uh, it's just, I think, still going to kind of be those decisions that the Cardinals are going to have to face. Uh, but but days like today do give you that glimpse, and, and yesterday as well, that glimpse of maybe what the Cardinals can be 
offensively on a consistent basis in 2024. There's going to be a lot of symmetry, I think, between this lineup that we're looking at now, especially the guys that are mainstays. They're all going to be back. They're all under contract. There's nobody that's uh, due to depart after this season. It's really just about fixing the pitching. And if they can do that, it could be something very, very interesting for the Cardinals next year. And that's part of the reason why I do believe it's possible to have the, the quick turnaround. A lot of people look at this Cardinals team and they look at the record and uh, the performance on some of the days that don't go as well, and they just say, how do people realistically believe that the Cardinals can turn it around over just one offseason and go from a 90-loss team to a 90-plus win team overnight? Well, it's a complete overhaul of the pitching is the way that it would be done if it's to happen. But I think when you look offensively, there are still signs that, again, this Cardinals team can can hold its own and have a lot returning that you feel good about. Maybe not everything, but seven of the nine spots in the lineup, I think pretty conservatively, that's a that's a smash. Those are guys that you feel pretty good about. So let me know in the YouTube comment section, Cardinals fans, how you're feeling about things after the, the St. Louis Cardinals, man, in a, in a season that just hasn't gone their way, continuing to take it to the Atlanta Braves. 11-6 to six winners were the Cardinals on Wednesday. It's going to be Adam Wainwright taking on Max Fried on Thursday. We'll see what ends up happening here, and uh, we'll be back with another episode of B-Shape Daily after the conclusion of that game before the weekend that I will be spending in Chicago, so probably no major updates over the long weekend as the Cardinals continue that road trip. But appreciate you guys, as always, for joining me. Make sure, once again, to hit that subscribe button for Cardinals content on the regular here on the channel and on B-Shape Daily, which also can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys so much, and we'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Peace.